0: welcome to another episode of one for you the movie podcast where you get the best of both worlds a new film and a classic but alas this is a very special episode of the one for you podcast it's a special for the Zurich Film Festival after all we are based in Zurich and who would we be if we didn't go to the festival so Andre, say hi hello and I I am Olivia we went to see a ton of films at the festival. I mean, there were 162 films that were shown this year. So obviously we did not see all of them, but we saw our fair share. So I think uh, we're just going to discuss our favorites. We're going to discuss our maybe disappointments and favorites. Yeah. Whatever we hated. Yes, they were so terrible. (laughs) Yeah. And of course, there will also be some recommendations that you can see when they, when they finally make it to screens in Switzerland. Okay, so maybe, like I said, 162 films. So Andrea, how do you put <laughs> together your program for the Zurich uh, Film Festival? Well,
1: first of all, I just look at the program and uh, usually one is very overwhelmed because there is not only a vast selection of films but also a vast selection of uh, categories you can mm. choose from. There is uh, the competition. The competition is free-parted into uh, international feature competition, international uh, documentary, and uh, focus on Switzerland, Germany, and Austria, so uh, German-speaking countries. And yeah, I just go through that um, by title, um, who is doing the films, uh, who is directing them. In the in one section, the a gala premiere, it's usually the films that have a distributor already and are coming out in the next year or so. Uh, there you can kind of aim at certain um, releases already or um, interests just by looking at the names involved. Yeah. I mean, one example
0: but, is like, yeah. for instance, A Star is Born, yeah. which, you know, came out in regular cinemas during the film festival, which, you know, took place <laughs> over the yeah. last one and a half weeks. And then in the middle of the film festival, the regular release yes. started. And so, so,
1: sometimes people just go watch these films because they invite the, the stars involved. Mm-hmm. So um, I think this this year they had Judy Dench, that a special award for her, but there was also Wim Wenders dedicated uh, retrospective. That's another category but usually you just kind of make your way through the through the catalog read the descriptions watch a few trailers and then you have your list together and then you yeah. just see what fits into your schedule because as normal people we also have to work we go yes. to uni stuff like that yeah Yeah,
0: it's pretty i mean it's so much you're you're overwhelmed (laughs) and you're like oh this is so exciting and then you're halfway through the program and you're like oh god how many more Ah." and
1: then you get recommendations from friends or undiscovered gems
0: or maybe stuff that's already been at other festivals because i mean there is hardly anything you know of the big big um, names that that uh, has a, the premiere here in Switzerland, yeah. like the world premiere. I mean, what they do have, though, is a strong focus like on um, films from the German-speaking world. So uh, Switzerland, Austria and Germany. So there you get a lot of premieres. World
1: premieres. Yes. Even, yeah. And because
0: it's a focus on like f- um, not, fir- no, no, not first time filmmakers, but, you know, second mm. or third film maybe also. And uh, they also have a great documentary selection. Um, And they sort of also have uh, um uh, they work together for instance with amnesty so they have special screening like border Border borderline i think it's called yeah Yeah, so you know and then people from amnesty come by maybe with uh, other uh, and have discussions yes and
1: what's really cool are those uh, panels these Mm q a's with directors also from the competition films because they try to invite every director and sometimes also um cast and crew members and you have the opportunity to talk to them face to face in the cinemas just after the screening which is really great yeah and an opportunity you may not ever get again
0: it's true i mean mm. sometimes you're like why did we get this opportunity we <laughs> squandered it but you know mostly it's pretty cool and i like um i think what i like about the zurich film festival it's really you know it's a festival where everyone can go to so like mm. the whole i mean i've never you don't usually see cinemas as full as you see them at the film yeah. festival and also films that otherwise wouldn't get the this attention you have packed screenings and i think that's really cool
1: and zurich is really the uh, great city for that uh, for that because we have so many cinemas we have the cinemas all over the place uh, i think how many over 10 cinemas in, yeah but that's then, not screens. so like that's yeah, separate okay. locations of locations cinemas. and then uh, several screens yeah, per yeah. cinema sometimes and uh, so that gives uh, festival like this film festival a huge opportunity to to have them in and show them in an environment where they're actually suited to be shown not like there's certain festivals where you have just big halls which are then uh made into screening Mm -hmm. rooms which is not the the optimal uh, screening experience
0: yeah no but then you're like (laughs) all across the city. And that's actually also part that you have to take into consideration. Is there yeah. enough time to get from cinema A to cinema B? the film? Yes. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, I got it, I got it. And then the film starts late. And you're like, oh no. And
1: there's a QA and Yes. And then you have to delay everything like, to ah, plan. Yeah. Can I
0: make it so? Yeah. Basically, you go into this knowing that you can never do or never watch all the films that you want to see. Yes. But it's fine because <laughs> it's still cool. And I mean, at some point you're also like, oh, it's too much. I can't do this anymore, yeah. right?
1: What was the ratio of planned and seeing films
0: i think like i planned on seeing 24 films which isn't i mean i guess over how Ambitious. many this? like 10 days or something yeah, yeah. 10 days that's a
1: good it's, ratio yeah
0: but then no that did not happen it's, <laughs> i think it was 16 or something in the yeah. end 19 i don't know something like that because you know like then they they move screenings or something and then you have a clash and then you have to pick one film or yeah. maybe like i said you just don't want to see another film
1: yeah sometimes so. you're just overtired after mm-hmm. three films in a day you And yeah, maybe they were so involving that you. Don't want to see another film. It happens. It happens. So yeah. Unpredictable things occur like in everyday life. Yeah.
0: And I mean, what's also nice is that uh, at a festival you can, you know, unpredictable things happen as in you can have some surprises. Yeah. Some good ones. Some maybe not so good ones. But, you know, you find stuff that otherwise you wouldn't come in contact with. Yeah. Yeah. Do
1: you want to talk about the highlights?
0: Yeah. Let's talk about our highlights. What what, what was yours? (laughs) What were your highlights?
1: So I... um, when i noted my highlights i separated them into films that i knew were coming out and i anticipated and i was uh, still pleasantly surprised but i anticipated these being good films for example uh, the newest Alfonso Caron film uh, Roma which was an awesome experience i saw it in the best possible environment and to understand this, it's um, it's coming out on Netflix, so most people will see this on the on the home screen, maybe even on the laptop. But I think it cannot be experienced on in an environment like that to appreciate it fully. They they make such great use of sound, for example. So you, um, this there's only a few places, even in Zurich, where they have this um, panorama sound Dolby Deluxe. I don't know what, but uh, the film, there's certain scenes, there's a beach scene, for example, and you hear the waves and just the sound of nature are so involving that you really feel like you're there. And it's such a stressful sequence of events that I I, I think I was never so engrossed in, the, in just the narrative and just the scenery of a film as in this. And there's also, there's, they, 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 you feel like cinema has explored sound to, to its extent yeah. but when when you watch this film you just realize there is so much more to be done and that's pretty much also a trademark of Goron uh, who did Gravity and Children of Men he, he really just he, uh, he explores the cinematic um, tools he has and uh, yeah, the story is is more a character study. It's uh, it's about a nanny in uh, who takes care of the children in um, in a in a city part, uh, Roma. It's called of Mexico City, and it's about her life and uh, just the, the the life of the children narrated through her point of view. But just as an engrossing experience, I think it was very close to something like Dunkirk, which. Is uh, maybe an odd comparison, but yeah, that's the last time I had such a, <laughs> such, a, a, such a physical experience was probably when I watched uh, Nolan's Dunkirk
0: the last but, time. I mean, that we saw in the IMAX. So And yeah. this wasn't in the IMAX, Roma, right? No, so. it was not. Yeah. And,
1: uh, it was just so impressive. I, I cannot even put it into words. <laughs> you hear me? <laughs> yes, but I mean, I was very eloquent, so used
0: a lot of words. Yes. Um, I wish I could have seen it. I couldn't because yeah. I had I had to work. So I guess I'll just wait with the peasants for the Netflix release. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but maybe but like... uh,
1: another film that did, uh, pleasantly surprised was the the newest film by um, David Laurie, who did uh, a ghost story, which was one of my favorite films from last year. It's called *The Old Man and the Gun* uh, with Robert Redford.
0: Also missed it because they moved the screening.
1: <laughs> well, it's uh, it very much relies on the charm of Robert Redford. And it's a it, lot of charm. I it, mean, you can is, go pretty far. It just it just shows that uh, chemistry between between actors can bring you so far in a film. Mm. And just also there's um, it's a pretty mainstream film coming from a director who did just a ghost story, which is. Uh, like almost experimental i would say but there's there's, this very small moments where i feel like wow this is just as a as a film boss i can really truly appreciate this on on a on a just an enjoyment level and also when i put on my analytic cap of a film student and Mm -hmm. look at this from a different perspective okay
0: well yeah i mean like I said, I've seen none of these, but although, although I wanted to, so we'll see if I if I make it at some point. Um, what I really go for usually at the ZFF is um, documentaries. I don't usually watch a lot of documentaries, but at the ZFF, I, I go see quite a few of them actually, and they're usually, you know, ones that impress me. Um, this year, I really liked um, Mamacita. Mm-hmm. which is this um, documentary by uh, was, like first-time filmmaker um, Jose Pablo Estrada Torrescano, and he's from um, Mexico, and he made... Kudos <laughs> yes. for that. I got through it, I was like, <gasps> and I did it, yay. <laughs> anyway, um, he's like, he so he made a film about his grandmother, like Mamacita is his grandma. And he went off um, to study film and he promised her he was going to make a film about her. And then, you know, uh, he was also there after the screening and he said, so he was looking for some sort of project to finish his studies. And then he remembered that he promised his grandma that he was going to do it. So it was like, All right, let's do it. And um, she is sort of this, she's the matriarch of this family. I mean, when they did the film, she was 95 and she's going to turn 100, like on the 3rd of December this year. So it's pretty old (laughs) and um, she sort of had this beauty empire, um, you know, with uh, lots of creams and she was sort of almost, I don't know, she was like a life coach almost for women, like you could do this. We want to be loved. God loves you, blah, blah, blah. And I thought it was going to be about that, but it's not about that. Basically what it is, is like he goes there uh, into her house and then he just he lived with her for three months and you just see her everyday interactions with her, um, with her staff, you see her interactions with him and basically loads of family. Mm, i don't want to say secrets i mean for us it's a surprise for them not because they knew about this (laughs) but stuff comes up and it's also about going through this and it's like this very intimate and lovely portrait of this of this woman who's also very complex and difficult and you sometimes you're like i don't Mm -hmm. like her so much but it's still always it's never the film never judges you know Mm -hmm. even though maybe sometimes the the filmmaker because he's in the film himself sort of maybe he he's like uh, a bit taken aback by his grandma or something. But the film is always very, it's very, very, it's lovely, basically. And they're really like scenes of catharsis, which, you know, come about through the film. And uh, it's really, it's really good. I really enjoyed it, I have to say. So that was a surprise for me. Also not what I was, and really not the kind of film that I thought no. it was going to be. In, in what selection did that play? Um, I think it was in the German... Uh, because sorry. he's like he lives in Berlin. OK, so that's why. And you know where the money comes from. That's where the film is from. <laughs> yeah. So I, I saw that one and then some other documentaries that I really enjoyed. One is um, The Raft. Um, now, let me check my notes just so I have all the names. And um, this is by um, Markus Linden. Um I think he's from Denmark. And it's basically about this experiment that happened in 1973, where an anthropologist I wanted to study like the dynamics of conflict and war and so on, and he had been kidnapped in a plane. So he was like, "Oh, I've already have some firsthand information, but now how can I recreate this scenario? So he thought, Ooh, let's just build like a float and then float across the Atlantic ocean from Africa to Mexico. So he got 10 people from all across the world onto that boat or like like raft it's a raft it's not a, it's a, not an actual it's boat. Not even so a real boat it's not a real <laughs> boat they had no motor and nothing so they were on that for 101 days and it just floated across the atlantic and it's basically about you know him like using them as guinea pigs and you know there's no privacy on the boat and nothing and he just wants to see conflict and it's basically <laughs> yeah and then you it's on the, the water. Wo- i mean yeah Let's just say he doesn't come out of this very well. And then basically you have footage from back then, but you also have a sort of a recreation of the raft. So they rebuilt the raft and they bring some people, because I mean, that was 40 years ago, so like only seven of them are still alive. So he brings them onto the raft, the rebuilt raft, and they, they you know, think about their experiences and they go back into their bunks and they are like, oh yeah, I remember, and I was there and there. And sometimes they recreate some scenes. and they recreate the drama? Not the trauma as okay. such, but they oh, reflect on the trauma okay. and some stuff comes up, you know, that they hadn't talked about before. Like one thing mm-hmm. that I really, that was really, really moving was like one woman said she was, cause you know, there's nothing to do. Cause reading wasn't allowed on the boat. <laughs> so they couldn't <laughs> read a book cause they could only talk to each other or stare off into the ocean. Mm-hmm. And then she said she was sitting on this raft and she was looking at the water and then she realized. That she must have been the first African-American to, you know, recreate this journey from Africa to the Americas, Mm -hmm. you know, basically like the Middle Passage and then that she suddenly could like feel her ancestors, their voices, you know, coming up from the ocean. And you know, felt a real connection, and like that they had a moment of living again through her, and all mm-hmm. sorts of these things. And this comes up through their conversation in the present day. Okay. So it's not just um, archive, but it's also like something more adding to the story. Yeah, very so that was really cool. Okay, and what yeah. was that called again? That is uh, the raft. The raft. Okay. Yeah. So, good films. Okay, so those were some highlights of the festival. But as always, there are also disappointments. I'm sure you had disappointments, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I have to say
1: I was pretty let down by about half of the competition films I saw. Yeah. Because I I, I wanted to see as many uh, competition films as possible. And the first few days I just saw one after the other that was from mediocre to really bad. Mm-hmm uh one that surprised me as really bad was uh cold november it won the all uh, the audience awards i saw like the other day now now that the, mm-hmm. the awards are out and um, also snatch thief there's a there's a few but uh, maybe in contrast i want to highlight this then in the later half of the week i saw a girl by um Lucas Dont, which is a belgian filmmaker he did a film about uh, a girl who was born in the skin of a boy and uh, she wants to become a ballerina. And it's really about her uh, identity uh, and her way of becoming this this girl, not not only physically, but also mentally. And it's, it's, it's a really um, engaging uh, coming of age story. And there's a lot of dancing sequences. So it reminded me of Black Swan at a certain point. Uh, also with the body horror aspect of that, but in general, I, I thought it was extremely well done, uh, from acting to um, technical executions. The other one,
0: uh, I mean, I, it took the main prize actually, like, oh, did it? of the festival. Okay. Oh, yeah, so oh, I'm
1: very happy to I think that. lots okay. of people agree with you. And again, they <laughs> yeah. couldn't see that. <laughs> yes, and the other one that that really surprised me was uh, I didn't have any expectations for that. Was a uh, Gente de Cantara by um, Carlos Vermut. He's a Spanish filmmaker and... Um, okay, it's about a, a pop icon who loses her memory at the beginning of the film and it's about her journey of becoming herself again. I don't want to say anything else. It's amazing. It's it's this mix of melodrama, thriller, uh, almost telenovela-style comedy at certain points. It's really this odd mix of genres that just... It it worked so well. And then I found out I actually knew the director and really <laughs> liked his, his other films. So I was uh, surprised that he's in the competition films because uh, maybe we should also mention that uh ZFF only shows uh directors in the competition uh, who are in the first or second or third film. Yeah. So yeah, that but generally the 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 competition was a bit of a mix. Yeah, because
0: I was going to say like those, none of those sound like disappointments. Those were nice surprises. But yeah, I agree with you, especially um uh, feature films. It was, you know, there were like a few that I was excited about, Um, Tell it to the Beast. And then it was nice. And Mm I saw Colette and it was nice. And it's not a miseducation of Cameron Post. And it was nice. You know, none of them really, like, grabbed me. So sometimes I'm wondering if it's because I've seen too many films. And, you know, you can't, like, mm-hmm. ha- like let go emotionally and yeah. get into the film. But, you know, you know, in past years, you've had, like, something like, you like, last year, Call Me By Your Name. And I was blown away by it. And, or, you know, like, Whiplash or something. And then those are the moments where you're like, yes, this is why I'm coming to the film festival. Mm. And the feature films this year were... I don't know. They were, you know, it was middling, I think.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, the competition, it was just disappointing because it was mediocre. But one actually uh, that I was really looking forward to was the new film with Robert Pattinson by uh, Claire Denis, Mm -hmm. who is an acclaimed filmmaker. And she uh, she decides to make a science fiction film with Robert Pattinson in space about him surviving with his daughter. And it was just... Offensive in any way, in every way, because first of all, the the story it it takes about two hours until it gets going. It's such a long film, and there's so much sexual violence in there, so it's really uncomfortable. Uh, it's 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 very underlit. So on a technical level, I I was really disappointed. Some of the acting was really average, and I mean, if you do a science fiction film, in space and the director doesn't understand how space works like there's no gravity in space that's kind of the point it's, it's a vacuum things <laughs> don't fall it, it they they float like Okay. Offensive in every way. Offensive
0: in every way. Not in the competition, though. That was the Gala premiere. Yes. Yeah. But like I did. High Life. It was yeah. High, High Life. Life. Yeah. I really wanted to see High Life. Um. But then there was a snafu <laughs> with the tickets I'm really not coming off so well right now with me. I was like, I wanted to see it, but OK. Anyway, so I'm glad I kind of missed that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess. But yeah, I mean, my disappointments or, you know, where I just did not get the hype was on the one hand, like um, Leave No Trace. Um, which is the new film by Deborah Granick, mm-hmm. who did Winter's Bone. Mm-hmm. And I know like lots of people, including you, <laughs> yes. um, enjoyed it. But for me, it was just, it was not engaging. It was a film that I saw. It happened. Yeah. But like, it's maybe because everything is so closed off. You know, mm-hmm. the actors and, and, and also the script is very contained and it's just like, it left no trace. ba dum <laughs> well
1: maybe to explain it's just this uh father daughter relationship mm-hmm. and the father decides that the way to go for their lives is just to live in the wilderness and mm-hmm. it's just them surviving them being discovered by the authorities them having to move into into uh, another living situation because the daughter is a minor mm-hmm. and she she has to have a roof over the head and it's about this this conflict of how do you raise a child um how are you allowed to raise a child um for me the the core of the film it was so engaging because i really bought the chemistry uh, between the father and the daughter it was really heartfelt and i must agree that it's definitely not for everybody so i can totally yeah. understand that you don't like it it's a very slow film it's it's k- kind of long yes but for me it it just really worked.
0: No, it was just... All I remember <laughs> is, like, it's green and it's wet. Because they're in Oregon, so everything... in they're in the woods, so everything mm-hmm. is green and wet. And you can kind of feel that. So I guess it worked from that point of view. But, like I said, everything is just... It's so closed off. I mean, um, Thomasine McKenzie, who plays the daughter... Not saying she's bad, but she's very... Like, her performance is very self-contained. Her face, you know, is very mm-hmm. still. And it's just... I don't know. That leaves no impression. It left no impression on me.
1: <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it's like the Ryan Gosling thing, where it's just an empty face and either you can project something onto it or you don't. Well, it works
0: for me and Ryan Gosling. But here, yeah. I don't know, yeah, it didn't work. Yeah. It works, the it
1: doesn't. <laughs> one, maybe not a disappointment, but just a film that just puzzled me mm-hmm. until now, even after one week. Is uh, Sun- sunset by Laszlo Nemes' It's his second film. He's a Hungarian filmmaker, and his first film, uh, feature film, won uh, best foreign picture at the Oscars. It's called um, Son of Saul, and it's a, a Holocaust film, a really uh, brutal depiction of um, Hungarian Jews who have to um, gas uh, other Jews, and it's it's just this this horrible story but told in such a humane humane mm-hmm. way and um he has a very um i think he has figured out a uh, style because the, the camera is always very close to the protagonist so sunset is about this is uh, just before the first world war and it follows this um uh, this daughter of a hat maker family and she returns to her family everybody is dead but the company still exists, and it really follows her closely. So stylistically, it's it's always the camera is basically fixed to her head. It's always you see everything that she is seeing. She's always in the frame. She's in every frame. You see her look everywhere, and then you see it from her point of view. And it's all everything is very intentional. the The costumes it feels very um uh, periodic, appropriate. I don't know. It's very authentic. Mm-hmm. It it was kind of engaging but it doesn't answer any questions. It's so frustrating and everybody in that film just asks questions and nobody answers the questions. And it's, it's all almost uh, this, and then, oh, sorry. Her character is also, she does everything that she is not supposed to do, which is cool. <laughs> but every time you, you hear somebody tell her, okay, don't do that. She will exactly do that. And I just, it, it left me wondering what this was all about. So I'm, mm-hmm. maybe I will rewatch it and uh, we'll figure out the the mastery behind it. But so far, maybe. I'm just very perplexed.
0: Second time might be the key. Who knows? Yeah, but it's
1: also very long. So, yeah, so maybe not. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, one film that I sort of was really excited about and then was a bit disappointed um, is Rafiki. It's um, this Kenyan film by director uh, Vanuri Kayu. Mm -hmm. And it's about two girls in Nairobi who fall in love. And in um, Kenya, um, homosexuality is forbidden by law. So obviously that does not go so well. So and, um, you know, from the trailer and the pictures, I was really excited about the film. It looked really colorful. And I was like, yes, this is going to be this is going to be, you know, fun. I don't know if this <laughs> is the right word, because obviously the topic is very serious, but I was really looking forward to it. Um, and it starts off really well. So you have this the opening credits, which are very bright and colorful, and you just have like intercut with everyday scenes from Nairobi. And this really good music and also here we should say something about the framing because like these um screenings are always introduced by someone at the mm-hmm. ZFF and then they sometimes give you like they say something and then this is the idea that you have in your head and yeah, then they, it set up did, they set up expectations yeah. that just do not come to pass or do not come true like for instance um this guy in uh, uh, before Rafiki said like the music is really good and uh great female artists and I was like, yes, this is good stuff. And then it starts, like I said, really well with the with the opening credits and also good music and you're like, okay, this has drive, this is going somewhere. And then it starts really well. And you have all these naturalistic scenes, you know, people talking and so on, just hanging out. And then as the film goes on, it's just becomes more stifled and it's very, very, very conventional. Mm-hmm. So you can totally tell what's happening and um, there's some editing Mistakes, I think, where it just doesn't quite fit, you know, what you see and what you hear and you're confused as to who's talking and and you're not, that's not intentional. So that was a bit disappointing. But what, you know, then, so this, I think what's remarkable about the film is that it exists at all, because like I said, it's um, Mm -hmm. homosexuality is banned in Kenya and the film was actually also banned. And um, she had to go, the director had to go um, in front of the, I think, the highest court and just sort of fight for the film to be um, released for seven days so it's eligible for the Oscars because mm. it has to be like shown for seven days in a country of origin or something so she she achieved that and that's really good and I think it's cool that she made this film but as a film I don't think it necessarily holds up but this was one of the borderline screenings so um, Amnesty was there like mm. and they brought queer Amnesty was also there and they brought um, a woman who had fled from Uganda because um, she was um, a lesbian and and it's also forbidden there and so she had to start fearing for her life and there was also like a warrant for her arrest out and everything and so she talked about her experiences and that was really that was something you know so I think this is really good that they contextualize the films so in that regard like the screening yes but the film as such maybe not necessarily Okay, so do you have anything else you were disappointed by that you like, you want to let it out or? No, I think I'm good. You think you're good? Um, okay. I was disappointed enough. <laughs> you don't want to talk about it anymore?
1: Okay. No, generally I, just to say this again, I was uh, I watched a lot of cool films. So yeah. It's, it's uh, It was not only a disappointment. I, no, I really enjoyed it. I mean, but... yes,
0: as you could tell from Arne <laughs> being unable to stop talking about the films. Mm. Yeah, so I mean maybe also something we haven't talked about yet or maybe one we have talked about yet um, already, like what film would you recommend people go see?
1: Um, I would really, really urge you to go see Gente de Cantara. It is such a good, fun film. It is is a crime thriller. Uh, It's concerned with identity. It's stylistic. It's uh, has great music. I always appreciate when they have great original music that also is is part of the narrative. And I think this this director Carlos vermuth is really one to look out for in the future. He 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 has done two films, and both I really liked, and I can't wait to see what he does, does next.
0: What was the first film? Sorry, I forgot already. Uh, Magical like, girl. Okay.
1: Yeah. Also yeah. A film that is just, I cannot tell you anything about it because you just have to see it. It's just so the, the setup alone is so good.
0: Okay, Yeah. well, okay, go see that, guys. Um. I would say like one that I haven't talked about yet, but I think that's really, really, really accessible for everyone is A Star is Born, because I was pleasantly surprised by that, actually, because mm-hmm. I was like, eh. But I think uh, Bradley Cooper did a really good job because he basically did everything on the film: directed, Direct, starred, yeah, wrote, produced, produced wrote whatever. the songs, sang the songs. Mm-hmm. And I think what really works is like he has this um, this human perspective on the people, you know, not mm-hmm. the stars, but as people. And the music, it's like. If you like the music, you know, you can feel it. Like, you could literally feel it in my body because the bass was like boo and you could hear the screams of the people, you know, because he's going on stage. A Star is Born is about a musician who discovers a woman who's a great singer, but not a star yet. And then basically, it's about one star rising while the other falls, but also they it's are in love. Hourglass yeah, it's narrative. like the fourth version yeah. of the film. So that's cool. So that's, that's a very great accessible. What? Two musicals. Yeah, that's true. But actually, the one I really want you to go and see is <laughs> Mamacita, okay? okay. Like, this, this is the documentary I think that you should see. And, like, you know, it's a first time filmmaker and he did a really, really good job. And it's a really good film. And it's just, I don't know, like, like I said, so intimate and lovely and like so human. So go and see it. Go yeah. see everything. We go recommend see all it. the films. <laughs> yes. Maybe not 162, but no. two, maybe, or something. And uh, that was it for our very special Zurich Film Festival um, episode. So I guess there will be a repeat of this next year for the fifteenth ZFF. I hope, oh, yeah. yeah, if we're still around then. Who knows? And um, the next episode is going to be normal again, I guess, where we have a current film and a gem. So you can look for that in about two weeks' time. And uh, to never miss any of our episodes, just subscribe to the One for You podcast on your podcast carrier. I don't know what app you use. I don't want to prescribe anything. Anything works for us. Just subscribe so you never miss us. Also, maybe give us a good rating. I don't know. Give us a comment. Give us a suggestion. Give us five stars. Anything. Anything works, basically. And uh, we'll also keep you up to date on Twitter and Instagram where we're at one for you pod. Hear you next time. Bye. Bye.